All right. All right. We are we back, back, back here today with the Home Field Advantage podcast. This is Big Mo on the line, and I have Action Jackson here with me. You there, Action? Uh, I'm, I'm here, and, and I can't I can't tell if I'm calling from the frozen tundra of Alaska or if we're still on <laughs> I'm not sure where we're at right now, but uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing we're still in the lovely home state of Arkansas. Uh, but glad to be back. Glad to be back. Me too, and, and you're absolutely right. Um, it has been, as as everyone tuning in from Arkansas knows, it has been quite the week for weather. Uh, we got us a big snowstorm that came in this past Sunday, and temperatures have dropped down to the low single digits. Uh, some days the highs have been around 20 this past. This is only Wednesday, but um, they're actually calling for more low temperatures maybe to reach the single digits in the next couple days it is cold outside it's cold schools are canceled um it's um it's a typical southern uh southern winter where everything shuts down because it's just too cold for people to function and uh, actually uh, after a few days of it you know it was a shock to the system at first but i'm i'm getting back into the swing of things but uh I actually heard somebody say that they walked out of their house and it was like an immediate brain freeze is how cold they were. It was like drinking yeah. one of those cold slurpees and there's just an immediate brain freeze. And I'm like, wow, that's uh, I've never heard that before. So Yeah, uh, it, it takes you a few days to to uh, get used to it. I mean, but yeah, it's it's been so cold, so cold that really early in the morning, I walk outside and I think, you know what? This is almost, almost as cold as the Arkansas Razorback second half shooting. Almost, but it's just not. I, I said, no, no, nothing's that cold. Nothing, a, nothing's that cold. A great segue there because it, it was almost, <laughs> it was almost going to be a cold day in the hearts of Razorback Nation once again as we looked at zero and four starts square in the face. And luck was with us because it, we definitely needed luck to win that game last night. And, yes. Uh, it, I've never been more deflated in a win. I, I really don't know what to think going forward. I, I'm, I'm still, I'm still, now I'm definitely more on the fence than I was before because I, I really, I really have my doubts on where this basketball team is going to go this year. Absolutely. I have more doubts than ever. And after the win yesterday against Texas A&M, I actually felt worse about our team after the win than I did when we were 0-3 coming into the game. I feel worse. And let me tell you why. Yes, go, go right ahead. Well, the, the reason why is because when you're coming back home and you're 0-3 and your back's against the wall, you're expecting – your team to come out, especially coming the first game back in Fayetteville after the biggest home loss in history, in history, in the history of the building, the biggest embarrassment we've ever suffered on our home court, 32-point beatdown. You're expecting not just a victory, but a, a, a resounding victory. And once again, well, let's just say, let's give them credit, the Razorbacks started hot. They were, they were mad as hornets out of the tunnel, and they built up a 20-point lead in the first half. It was 30-10. to 10. Uh, and the, 
more than halfway through the first half. So they, they got off to a great start, and they led by 14 at halftime. Everything was looking exactly as I hoped it would be, and basically putting things back on track. Uh, I know our viewers haven't heard us since uh, we played our, our two road SEC road games, but we lost both of them, and yeah. neither one was close. Okay. Yeah. We, we got beat by Georgia on the road. We got beat by Florida on the road. So we're 0-3 coming in. Right. And we did what we have done most of the year, uh, except in the Duke game, which is looking more and more just like an aberration, just like a shot in the, shot in the pan, flash in the pan. Um, we, we collapsed in the second half. Most of the second half, we battled. We battled. We, in fact, we had a 10-point lead with three minutes and 40 seconds left to go. And that's when the collapse happened. When you're up by 10 on a team at home with three minutes and 40 seconds, you've got to find a way not only to win that game, but to win it in somewhat convincing fashion that probably ends with you dribbling the ball in the last 10 seconds, nobody fouling. And, and the, the crowd cheering and on their feet. That's the way you want to end that game, okay? Instead, the way the game ended was a wild dash down the court in six seconds with a shot heaved up and, 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 dro- and barely drops. And, and, yeah, it was a great shot. And, you know, uh, one, I'm so glad we won. I am for a for, uh, great shot by Tremont Mark for sure. But it should not have come to that. It's how, how how do you go from being ahead by ten points, and 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 you know Traymond Mark got fouled three times in those final three minutes, and each time he missed a free throw. He was three for his last six in free throws. If he makes even one of those, then we don't have to have a wild shot at the end to win the game. I mean, we, it would have been tied if he made one of them because, uh, you know, of course, Taylor for A&M, who went off, who scored, I think, 41 points for him, uh, he, made that, he made a three with seven seconds left to go off of a missed free throw to go up by one. So the Razorbacks were down by one with, with six seconds to play, and it, it took a miracle for us to pull out the game. That's not how it should be, and... Um, yeah, we won the game, but man, uh, if 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 a team who you pretty much handled for the first thirty-seven, you know, first thirty-six and a half minutes, can come back on you and and outscore you by at that point they had outscored us by eleven in a three-minute and thirty-second span. They outscored us by eleven. In the last three, pretty much the last three minutes and 30 seconds of the game, uh, uh, spare the six. That cannot happen. No. That cannot happen. And so, yeah, it's, it's, there's so much reason for concern today. And uh, again, we did get the victory and we do still have, you know, a lot of season left to play. But I mean, it, it looks very bad right now. Yeah, and I mean, I, I couldn't have said it better myself because you know when when early in the first half we're up thirty to ten, I was I was thinking many times this is exactly what this team needs to come back home, route somebody, and move on to the next game. But 
even put a game in, in cruise control and, you know, just put somebody away, apparently, either. So, you know, there, there's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of problems going forward, but plenty of season left to get it fixed. Absolutely. And, you know, we, we have to mention, now it's not just the A&M game in isolation. It's an absolute, just, we got beat by double digits by Georgia and Florida. And I, I hate to say it, but you know, in Georgia, I mean, Georgia has a has a pretty good record. They're twelve and three. Okay, so Georgia may not be a, a bad team, and they've got some. You know, they beat Wake Forest, uh, who's not good. They they beat Florida State in Florida State. They beat Georgia Tech, who is I think a good team. Um, they gave Tennessee a good game the other night, only lost by six to number five Tennessee. So Georgia might be a better team than what people think. So, you know, I'll kind of – but then we lose to Florida by 22. Yeah. You know, know, we can't – obviously, we we, we can't recap all three games. But in the the Georgia game, uh, Trevor Brazil gets fouled late in that game, later in the game. And he has a one and one, and he can act. If he makes both of them, he makes the front end. The second one, he actually cuts that lead to one point. He misses the the front end, and that's as close as we got was three points. And yeah. So I mean, the the free throws are a concern, but uh, in, in the in the Florida game, uh, or the Georgia game, either one, we had 15 turnovers, and we went three of 21 from the three point line. We're turning the ball over too much. We're missing free throws, and we're relying on three pointers that we're not making. Those three areas have to improve if we're going to have any any deep March run like we were expecting going into the season. Hey, I mean, we there may not be a March at this point. At this point, I would kind of be surprised if we're still playing past uh, the second week of March at all. Yeah. Um, I agree. Because. And, and Florida, obviously, Florida is generally a good team. They they generally been a good team. We Musclemen's had a lot of success against them recently. We'd actually beaten Florida three times in a row, come into that game this weekend. Um, but Florida this year, I hate to say, I don't think they're a good team at all. They only have one win in the SEC, and that's against us by twenty two points. And You'd like to say, yes, that's on the road, but look how we've done at home so far. Barely beat Texas A&M, and then, of course, got just skunked by Auburn. Right now, our plus-minus, if you will, at home in SEC games is a negative 31. That's our plus-minus. against. And we're, we're not talking about it against Kentucky and Tennessee here. We're talking about against Auburn and and again, I, I think Auburn's a, a much better team than people give them credit for. Yeah. But we're talking about against Auburn and Texas A&M. Right. And you're telling me we're getting outscored at home by 31 points out after two games. It's not yeah. good. Not so. a good time. You know, the only, the only, I mean, there's no, there's no good time thus far for Big Mo. Let me make sure I, I, you know, secure that statement with that. There, there's no good time. But three of our seven losses, are the teams that are currently ranked in the top ten. Memphis, North Carolina, Oklahoma are all solid in the top ten. We lost all three of those teams. And so, but the other four losses, you know, the Auburn game's going to look a lot better as the season goes on, but we're going to have to do some winning, you know. And yes. We gotta, 
and however it comes, I mean, last night was ugly the way we won that game, but we've been on a losing streak, and how do you start a winning streak? You win one. Well, we won one. Yep. Now what are we going to do to improve on that one win? Well, I guess the kind of good news, I'll say it's good news, is we got South Carolina coming in on Saturday back to Bud Walton. But South Carolina is 14-3. and three. On yeah, paper, sure. they look a lot like Georgia. Very and frankly, team. a lot like Auburn when they came in. Uh, you know, Auburn had, a, had an even better record. Um, and South Carolina did just, uh, they actually did just go on the road last weekend and beat Missouri on the road. They lost to Georgia. They, lost, they got blown out in Alabama. They beat Mississippi State. But uh, this is uh, this is kind of a must win at this point, isn't it, Jackson? Uh, South Carolina well, at home. Yeah, I would actually say that, and and I actually think that we won a must win last night. I think that was the game that we had to have to to go forward. I think we had to win that game. But yes, definitely, uh, definitely a must win on Saturday against the Gamecocks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have to agree with that. Um, At this point, it's not so much about looking forward and and saying who we need to beat, who, you know, how we can map out a way to, to, because right now we're 10 and 7. And it's not so much about positioning ourselves as we just got to go back to fundamentals of just playing good basketball. Yes. At this point right now, on January 17th, I can tell you, I would not want us to be in some type of tournament, be it the NIT or the, the NCAA tournament, because we're not capable of winning a game in one of those tournaments. We're not capable at this point. This is a very bad basketball team right now who has won one out of their last four games, and that one game was by a miracle. The, in every major conference in the United States, you have a team out there. The worst team in that conference is perfectly capable of doing what Arkansas just did, which is getting blown out at home by, you know, good but not great team, getting handled on the road by digits both times, and then somehow pulling off a victory against a team that's middle of the pack in their conference. The, all you get for doing that is a place at the very bottom of the standings. It doesn't tell anybody. I, there's nothing I've seen in conference play so far that says, you know what? This is a team that can actually, they can actually do something. They could beat a good team. Yeah. Haven't seen it yet. So we've got to focus on the fundamentals of yeah. just forget the standings, forget the path to the, um, to the tournament. We've just got to focus on playing good basketball at this point. Yeah. And one game at a time. And one game at a time. Figure, figure out a way to bottle up what you did in the first half against Texas A&M and keep drinking from that bottle because whatever they were doing in the first half works. I'll take 46 points and a half in yeah. every time. And so whatever whatever you're doing in that first half, that's what you emulate. I don't know if it's the guys on the court, uh, just the number of passes, or, or whatever it is. It, it, it worked. And that's what we need to stick with, whatever that recipe was for that first half against a and And throw yeah. out whatever the second half was because that was invisible. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm just starting to wonder if, you know, obviously Trayvon Mark has been carrying the – has been carrying the 
torch completely, just carrying the load. He scored 35 points last night in the win. And I'm kind of starting to wonder if, if him being just the main scorer is a good thing for us because I have to remind everyone that the game we won against Duke, we didn't have Traymon Mark. And everybody said, oh, man, what a great win against Duke, and we did that without our best player. Man, once we get our best player back, we're going to be the top 15 team that they predicted us to be when the season started. It doesn't work that way sometimes. Sometimes uh, I've I'm I'm, I'm always been a big believer in high-percentage shots. When Traymond March scores a lot of points, but he does not take a huge amount of high-percentage shots. He just doesn't. Right. And those shots hurt you because not only do you miss them, you lose the possession, but you also create fast break opportunities for the other team. And Arkansas has been getting beaten badly. And the Auburn game was the was the biggest example. Auburn destroyed us on the fast break. Like Musselman acknowledged in the press conference, they were just getting down the floor faster than us. Every time we missed a shot, they were already down the court. So... All those misses by Traymond Mark, they're not just misses and, and, not, and, and not points for us. They almost immediately turn into points for the other team because our fast break defense is so poor. Right. I, I totally agree. And that's that's what's happening in these games. So I think we've got to rein that in. And obviously as a coach, you have to do that um, you have to do that carefully because you obviously don't want to alienate your your best player who just scored 35 points. And I mean, I'm not saying by any means we don't want Trayvon Mark playing for us or on the team. He is a, a great player and the kind of guy you want to have, especially at the end of games, like we saw last night in the win over Texas A&M. Obviously we don't win that game if he doesn't make the shot at the end to win it. Yeah. But you have to manage that. You, you've, you've got to find other guys who can who can score and other ways to generate high percentage opportunity, high percentage shots. And, um, and that's I think that's what Musselman has to do. And one thing, and you know, because uh, I know we have a lot to get to today, but uh, one thing I will say about Coach Muss, he needs to he needs to go ahead and get in his tournament coaching mentality. We've only got this one game, guys. We're, we're not playing another game after Saturday. You know, South Carolina's it. You know, and, and and start using that mentality because whatever he does when we get in those tournaments, it works. So I think he needs to go ahead and flip that switch early this season and say, hey, we, we're not playing next week if we don't win today. You know, although the guys know the schedule's remaining, but he's got to get on that mindset that we don't have we don't have the next game. Yeah. You know, it's one game at a time. Well, we have to do it quickly, too, because we've got South Carolina. This is basically our last chance, I think, to gel before we start playing some real tough basketball. Because after South Carolina this weekend, next Wednesday, we travel to Ole Miss. And Ole Miss, I mean, put me on record here as saying, if we do not play our best conference game of the season, against Ole Miss, they are going to clean our clock. Yes. I've seen them. Obviously, I saw my NC State Wolfpack play them, and they beat us by more than 20. And do you know what NC State's, by the way, I'd like to mention them too. You know, do you know what NC State's conference record is this year in ACC? Well, uh, I know they uh, I know they looked uh, 
I, I caught part of their game uh, this last weekend. I know they look they looked really good. Uh, but but do do tell me what the record is. Five and one. We're five and one in the ACC, second yeah. place. Love so, it. Go Wolfpack. I mean, we can we can really flip the switch and just talk to Wolfpack, and we feel a whole lot better about ourselves right now. Well, I, <laughs> I should be happy about them. Um, they are five and one. They've won all the games that they should. Uh, the one game that they lost was at home to North Carolina. Yep. And if if you know anything about being a Wolfpack fan, um, you know yep. that that we would trade all five of those wins. We would rather be one in five this year yep. if we could have beaten North Carolina at home. Okay. And I just I have to say, um, you know, on the one hand, Kevin Keats obviously recruits a good team. He's assembled a good team. And Kevin Keats does a good job of beating teams that he should beat. You know, the teams he's lost to this year have been, of course, North Carolina, who's top 10. He lost at Ole Miss, who's extremely tough this year. And uh, he lost a neutral site game to Tennessee, who's a top five, and they're number five in the country. So you can't, you know, we're 12 and four, and almost every loss can be explained away, and they're just a better team. Right. But I have to tell you, I really, I watched the game, of course, this past week on Wednesday. I really think NC State had a chance to beat North Carolina. They, they, but Kevin Keats, he does not, he's, he's not capable of either motivating or making the adjustments to beat a much better team. Like Musselman can. Musselman can get a Arkansas to beat Duke, for example. Yes, but Keats. He's, he's just, he's not capable, and it frustrates the heck out of me, and that's why I foresee a very frustrating Wolfpack season this year where we do have a strong record in conference. We're going to beat teams that we match up with or are, are on par with talent-wise, but against your better teams, your North Carolinas, your Dukes, and really I think those are the only two that, that really hover above us in the conference, um, against those those two teams, we're going to struggle, and that's frustrating. Frustrates yeah. you, you know? Right. Um, it's just a lack for NC State. I, I foresee a lack of marquee wins on the resume and a lot of, you might say, filler wins. And you get teams like that every year uh, in, in major conferences who have a lot of these filler wins but don't have these big-name wins. They end up getting a you know, uh, a six or seven or eight seed in the tournament, and they usually get bounced because they can't beat that big, the other big team in a big game. Right. You know, and, and so you mentioned, you mentioned the, the game at Ole Miss. You know, uh, that's that's not a place where historically Arkansas has been very good. So that's that's a game that we're we're most definitely going to have to be at the top of uh, of our performance. So level because if we're not like you said they will smash us over there uh, at Ole Miss yeah oh yeah we're going and, and then the game after that we play Kentucky yeah play Kentucky the game after that so our next two games after South Carolina are Ole Miss and Kentucky and we're absolutely going to get it handed to us handed to us and we fortunately do play Kentucky at home, which I don't know if that's fortunate or not, because we, we might set a new uh, a new low if we play anything like we did against Auburn. Sorry. Um, 
But no, we need we need to use this game against South Carolina to get right and to learn how to play in the second half. That's what basketball is all about. And in fact, these Muslim teams who've done good and gone to the Elite Eight and the Sweet 16 the past three years, they've all been second half teams. We make up ground in the second half. It's like a horse race, folks. It's like a horse race. You, you don't get any points for being the horse that's leading at the middle of the race. No. The only points you get if, is if you're that horse that comes from the middle of the pack and comes up and then and then takes takes the win at the end by head. That's the only time you get any credit. That's, that's the whole purpose of the race. Yeah. If you have to, pace yourself in the first half. But you better bring it in the second half. That's when you better have be playing your best basketball. For whatever reason, we're not doing that right now, and it's really going to hurt us if we don't fix it. I mean, we just so. Um, and same thing with NC State. We were doing great on North Carolina. We were about. T- I think we were down by two at halftime uh, to North Carolina, and then they just pulled away, beat us by double digits in the second half and for a, a team that's won, won five games in the ACC I know North Carolina's a good team but against a rival that big at home you should not get beaten by double digits right yeah I totally agree so that's my that's my vent on that but I'm very happy that, that North Carolina uh, does have the um, record that they have they obviously got a a good win last night, um, and uh, and so I'm I'm extremely extremely happy. Got of course beat Wake Forest at home last night. They have a 13 and four record, and everything's pointed towards um, towards the tournament. Uh, we were actually down by 11 points against Wake Forest last night, but rallied back after uh, Keats was ejected. Kevin Keats actually got ejected last night. So maybe he's turning it around. I'd like to see him get ejected against North Carolina, too. Whatever it takes to fire up that team, because NC State does have some talent. They've always had talent on the court these past few years with DJ Burns. And I think they're finally starting to use Burns correctly as a Djokovic-type player. Even though he's 285 pounds, they're using him to distribute the ball. Because he, pa- he can pass it like a quarterback. He can zip it to guys uh, who are cutting in the middle and, and especially three-pointers on the corners when they try to double-team him. He'll pop it out to a wide-open three-pointer guy. And I think NC State is starting to figure it out. With Arkansas, the, the trouble is they haven't had enough time because there's so many new faces to figure out how to play. And I personally, again, I'm, I'm, I defer to coach Muss on these things but I would like to see more Devo Davis I think that's a huge thing we're missing absolutely and is, you know, is Devo and to, and to throw something else out there that you know you speak of coach Muss uh, when we were down so big against Georgia which we still lost or no I'm sorry Florida we were down so big for the first time ever as a Razorback coach coach went to the zone we were down by 21 we went to the zone defense and the next thing you know we're down nine we cut a 21 point lead down to nine in a matter of about two and a half minutes playing zone defense and it's uh-huh. not for me because we've never played zone under must 
and he put that in before the Florida game, and he put it in during the midway point of the, of the first half and cut that lead down because they couldn't do anything with the zone defense. So I don't know if that's something that we need to go to more often or, or, or what, but there's a lot of questions that still have to be answered for me, for sure. Yeah, you can't let a guy score 41 points on you in your home court. Devontae Davis, to me, he needs to be in the starting lineup because that's when Devontae's at his best. He starts, he plays a few minutes, he goes to the bench, and then he comes back in the game. That's when I think he's at his best. And I think it showed last night in the beginning of that game when Devontae Davis had a, a pretty good start for us last night, especially on defense. Yeah. Well... You got to come up with a scheme that keeps keeps a guy from scoring forty one. Now he did take thirty two shots, so that forty one points, you know, you say it's a lot, but he was only thirteen of thirty two shooting. Yeah. Uh, which, if I, if I get my calculator here, thirteen of thirty two, so he was forty percent, which. That's that's not bad, but it's not no. tremendous either. Made five out of fourteen threes. Um, but man, you got to wonder how's the guy get open enough to have thirty two shots when you know he's basically the only player they've got. Yeah, that's Absolutely. that's what's troubling, and um, especially when you have a big lead, got got to shut him down. So we'll we'll be interested to see how we play South Carolina. Uh, I will say, as as you know, Jackson, we're not the only team that's had trouble. There's been a a giant killing of almost all all of the top teams in college basketball have lost in the past week. We had, uh, of course, Purdue lost. Um, trying to think of which, uh, do you remember who? I think it was Nebraska, right? Nebraska uh, beat Purdue. Somebody, yeah, it was definitely somebody that they weren't definitely weren't expecting to lose to. Sure. Then, uh, of course, Kansas got beat. Kansas was next team to lose. Uh, Houston got beat. Houston was number one in the country, and then yeah, they fell uh, down. Just now back to UConn. Uh, the, the latest polls, U- UConn is back on top. UConn's back on top. Unfortunately, uh, North Carolina was one of the teams that, that did not lose in the past week. Uh, like you said, UConn is back on top. Um, I want to say Tennessee got beat uh, recently. They were, oh, yeah, Tennessee got beat uh, last Wednesday since our last podcast. They got they lost to Mississippi State at home. I mean, on, on the road in Starkville. Yep. So lost to Mississippi State after beating Ole Miss by 26 points in right. Knoxville. Just to complain. So we've had some results that it's it's been a strange year in college basketball. It's been it's yeah. been very strange. There's there's teams that have just absolutely gotten gotten destroyed, but yet you know they're good teams. I think Purdue is the biggest example. Most people think that Purdue is the the best team in college basketball this year, and they got beat by sixteen against Nebraska. It wasn't close. Wasn't a close game, and, and you know, Nebraska. I mean, they're a good team. They're thirteen and three, but, but they're Nebraska. Now, but it's a distant memory now. But this also goes to your point about Musk getting the Razorbacks up to play a big team. 
we beat Purdue in the preseason in the exhibition game. We beat them. Yeah. So. Just goes to show that the teams this year, it, it's a strange year. It's almost an NBA-like year. You'll see that all the time in the NBA. You'll see a team lose big one night, and then that team will go up against a big team the next night, and they'll beat them big. And it's just back and forth. So Nebraska beats Purdue by 16 on the on January 9th. Two days, three days later, they play Iowa, and they lose by 18. They lose by 18 to Iowa, who's who's 10 and 6. They've lost six. They're not a good team, 10 and 6. And you mentioned the NBA. You know, I, I don't get to see them play very often, but uh, last Wednesday night I was watching a different basketball game. I was watching a certain guy's New Orleans Pelicans absolutely destroy the Golden State Warriors. And yes. It was like a three-point barrage by the Pelicans. Yeah. It was, it was about it was a 40-point victory. Yeah, it was amazing. You know I love I, those I Pelicans. Had to, I had to give them kudos. That it was because I, I was I was definitely had a vested interest because of Big Mo, and man, the Pelicans looked good in that game. Uh, you know, like I said, I don't get to watch them very often, but I did watch them on Wednesday, and very impressed. I was, I was very impressed with what I saw from New Orleans. Well, but again, the next night they'll turn around and lose. Happens all the time. They play tonight, actually against the uh, Hornets, but uh, they're twenty four and seventeen. So. Uh, yeah, they, they will absolutely crush a team, and then they'll disappear off off the map. Uh, for example, I, you, I think you were talking about, uh, oh, yeah, they beat the Warriors. They beat them by 36. The very next night, they turned around, and they lost to the Nuggets by 12, which kind of to be expected. And then they played two games. This is interesting. They, the Pelicans played two games in Dallas, back-to-back. Not back-to-back, but with one day in between. So they played uh, – it's a strange scheduling thing the NBA is trying this year where they're, I guess, trying to save on airplane flights or something with the t- hundreds of millions and uh, or billions that, that is involved in that league. It's head-scratcher. But they played in Dallas on the 13th. Pelicans won by 10. Then they played in Dallas, again, same arena. They just got them a hotel for a couple nights on the 15th, and then this time they lost by five. So it's same court, same team, two days apart, and but different results. Right. So we're getting a lot of that in college basketball where, you know, anybody can almost beat anybody on a given night. And some teams can look terrible. Some teams can look great. But I, I just don't know what's a mirage. And that's kind of like the NBA, you know, because like you're saying, most, you know, the games, you know, can come out and be impressive and the next night just come out flat. Uh, yeah. The only team I think you can circle as a win in the NBA is when you play the Pistons. You play the Pistons, <laughs> you probably say you're yep. going to win. I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. I mean, yep. they're, they're just, uh, they keep the dumpster fire lit in Detroit. Yes, they do. They keep it fed with plenty of wood and, and kindling. Four and 36. Four and 36. Pistons, and thank you for following on that sword, Jackson. I don't even know if we, I, I didn't even remember us winning forward, but I mean, I'll take it. I mean, just, uh, yeah, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and, and I don't know if this is where you want to switch gears, but, but speaking it's time of Detroit, to switch gears. Speaking of Detroit, 
it's a long it's been a long time coming for the Detroit Lions of and watching what we're gonna talk about and watching that game, there was a fan in the stands, if I seen it right, he had been a season ticket holder for sixty three years. Sixty three, fifty three years, and he finally watched Detroit the Detroit Lions win a playoff game at home. And so I just I mean, that's a great place to to segue. You know, we brought up Detroit and uh what 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 did you what did you like from the NFL playoffs this last weekend? It was it was a good playoff um, weekend for sure. Uh, so many of the half the games were unexpected. They were they shocked me. And obviously, I give you credit. You had um, Detroit pick to win that game. I had the Rams, but it was a close game. It was a one point game. Could have gone either way. Could have gone either way. There were just a few plays in that game that made the difference. But the Lions gritted it out. They, they they relied on their defense. Aiden Hutchinson led the way, as usual. They have a very underrated secondary. Very underrated. Yeah. Uh, that stopped some key plays by the Rams down the stretch without committing penalties. And you got to tip your hat to the Detroit Lions. Uh, one game that shocked me was uh, there was this team out there called the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, I was expecting the Philadelphia Eagles to to win that game, being the, you know, the defending NFC champs. And I think they started the year, what, 11-1, and 12-1, and one, something of that nature, 12-1. Yeah, yeah, I think 10-1, and, yeah, and, and, and then they, you know, they – Lost six out of their last seven, uh, not including the, not including the playoff. Uh, and then, playoff, yeah, yeah, and and then just blowing the division to the Cowboys like they did, and then they get what I have to think they thought was a gift in getting to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who obviously you know the last time they played at home was against the New Orleans Saints, and what was almost a do-or-die game. It was a game they thought they needed to win, and New Orleans crushed them at home, yeah. right? And so I did not have any confidence that Tampa Bay was going to come out in prime time. Obviously, the Eagles had A.J. Brown out, which was turned out to be a huge difference. But 31-9? Uh, to 9? Ex- Explain how that happens, Jackson. Well, what, what I saw on Monday night, there was a lot of – as a Tampa Bay fan uh, of this cast, they... <laughs> I, 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 I sense of, a little hoarseness in your voice from all the cheering I, on Monday. I thought, well, it, it, it did get a little crazy for me on Monday. Because, <laughs> and, and one reason is, we don't play good on Monday night. So when I found out the game was on Monday night football and we're playing the Eagles, I'm like, that's two recipes for disaster. They gave us one of our worst losses at home on the season, one of our worst losses of the whole season. Uh-huh. And what I've seen on Monday night was almost a carbon copy of the Super Bowl defense when we won the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago. That defense was absolutely relentless the whole night. The only, the only thing they really had problems with was Devontae Smith, which a lot of people have problems covering Devontae Smith. And, but they were all over Jalen Hurts. They safety him. Uh, they frustrated him. And, and a key said, the Eagles did not convert on third down. Over for 10. Wow. 
no third down conversion for the Philadelphia offense on the night. And so my game ball has to go to the defense, even with as well as Baker Mayfield played, because Baker Mayfield became the first Tampa Bay quarterback to throw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns in a playoff game. Yes, Tom Brady didn't even do that. And so he's the only Tampa Bay quarterback that's ever done that. And so I got to give Baker's trust. The, the team played well. And, and speaking of Detroit, that's where we had to travel now. We had to go to the Motor City and, and to me, play one of the hottest teams in the league on their home field. So definitely we have a challenge ahead of us. Obviously going to pick Tampa Bay uh, to move on, but it's not going to be easy. It's, it's not going to be easy. Eagles did not convert a third third down or a fourth down, and they were 0 for 9 on third down. What shocks me is they were 0 for 2 on fourth down, but that really surprises me because if you're 0 for 9 on third down, what that tells me is that you're probably going for it a lot more than twice because right. if it's a close third down, they have the tush push. I, I would expect to see at least four fourth down conversion attempts. Not only was the Buccaneers defense not letting them convert on third down, it wasn't even third and short. They were shutting them down and making it to where they couldn't even go for it on fourth down. And the two times they did go for it, they didn't get it. They never converted, got a first down on any play except for on first and second down. And so, tremendous defense. One of the key points in the game to me was uh, early early in the game, when the Eagles scored a touchdown, they they elected to go for two. So what do they line up to do? They line up on the goal line because we got a, a an yeah. So we get the offside penalty, and then they move the ball to the one yard line by the rule. So it elects to go for two. So they line up in their glorious tush push formation. Only the third time all season they're stopped. On the touch push, Jalen Hurts does not get in. Uh, it's a, uh, it's only they only score six points instead of eight. They only scored nine for the game, and that was just like the shot in the arm that Tampa Bay needed because Baker Mayfield found the speedster uh, Palmer on the very next drive, and he showed why he had the fastest forty time in the combine. We stole him in the sixth round, and fifty four yards later, he's in the end zone. So. Uh, it, it was just, I mean, it was just a, a marvelous Monday night football game in the playoffs at Raymond James Stadium. And as Buck Nason was saying, fire those cannons. We're moving on to Detroit. That's right. They certainly are. So we have the Lions against the Buccaneers on, in the on the NFC side. Then we have the 49ers. Um, actually hosting uh it's interesting jackson i don't see how that worked out because uh i wouldn't think that the cowboys would be traveling to play the 49 oh that's right the cowboys lost to the packers at home yes so the cowboys are out Let's talk about that, Jackson. How in the world – I have to say, of all the NFL playoff games I've watched in my life, this might go down as the most shocking I've ever seen. Well, and I would I would definitely have to agree because I don't know who the guy was wearing Jordan Love's uniform, 
but I think it was like maybe Brett Rogers or, or Aaron Favre. Uh, <laughs> because it was it was definitely Jordan Love was playing like a man possessed, and he looked like one of the former Packer greats, and he just absolutely they, they dominated, and uh, the the Cowboys once again they ride off into the sunset before the fans are ready to see the credits. The movie's over, and the, you know we're not ready to see the end of it, but. It's still over. Once again, one and done, and uh, very shocked. I was very shocked. I, I picked the Cowboys, and the Cowboys lost. And uh, you know, and they're talking about making all kinds of changes, and they don't know what the future is, and all this. But uh, it's never too late for them to start talking Super Bowl for next year because uh, that they've they've already begun those conversations. So uh, yes, very very shocked by that loss. Now, well, what are you talking about, Jackson? Super Bowl for who for next year? Oh, well, just, you know, listen to the Cowboys fans. There's always next year. You know, we can always go to the Super Bowl next year. Uh, you know, and I mean, I think they, they have, a, we have a lot of Razorback fans that are Cowboy fans. Well, there's always next year, right? Razorback fans and football, there's always next year. That's what we believe. Now we get Bobby. So, yes, there's always next year. But for the Cowboys, what are they going to do besides repeat the same script? Get back to the playoffs and get beat again. That's just what's going to happen. Now, I know there's probably several, many Cowboys fans on here listening. Yeah. As you can tell what we titled this podcast. <laughs> uh, but let, let me let me tell you, I'm, I'm, now, I'm, I, I like the Cowboys. I like the Cowboys. Don't love the Cowboys. Okay. They're, they're a team that I... You know, I kind of root for. Okay, and like probably in the same way that that people in Arkansas root for Arkansas State. You know, you root for them. You're not, you know, that crazy about them. But you give all things being equal, you'd like them to beat most teams. You obviously wouldn't want to beat the Razorbacks, like I wouldn't want to beat the Saints. But that's the way I am with the Cowboys. I used to be a pretty strong Cowboy fan. My dad's, of course, a huge Cowboy fan. I grew up a Cowboy fan. But long ago, long ago, I I jumped off the bandwagon because I saw the writing on the wall with yeah. Jerry Jones as the owner slash general manager, thinking that he knew how to run a football team. And uh, as you can tell by our our retweet this week, for those of you who follow us on Twitter, which is uh, home at home field underscore ADV for those of you who are not following us already. We retweeted Mike Irvin, Mike Irvin on, uh, and he said in response to a, a tweet, we said it was probably over at halftime, but that's a wrap on your 2023-24 Dallas Cowboys season. Can't see how McCarthy survives this. He said, Maybe a better question is how does Jerry, and he spelled Jerry, J-E-R-R-U-H, Jera, survive it? The same way as always, fire another coach and hire another one who will fail. If Cowboy fans weren't so clueless, they would have boycotted this team years ago. Force him to sell to someone who knows how to run a pro football team. And I think many people express that. I will say for, uh, you know, 
in, in benefit of Jerry Jones that overall the Cowboys do pretty well. I mean, obviously they were the number two seed this year. They've had a lot of successful seasons, had a lot of successful seasons. They've probably been uh, one of the, and I'd say in the top half of the NFC over the past uh, at least 15, maybe 20 years. I'd put them, if I had to rank all the franchises in the NFC by success, they'd be towards the middle, but they'd be in the top half. They'd be above the above the middle line. Yeah. What the Cowboys haven't done at all is have any postseason success. Everybody knows this, right? right. Have not had any postseason success. And to me, that's what makes this so shocking is that this was such a gift of a game. You have Dallas coming in who they've not lost a game all season in AT&T Stadium. 8-0, perfect 8-0. And they've beaten some good teams there, including the Detroit Lions, including the Philadelphia Eagles, beating some good teams. And, um, and, and, And then you have them playing the Green Bay Packers who are seven seed seven seed has never won a, a, a NFL playoff game and um, on top of that they just allowed the Carolina Panthers to score 30 points 30 points uh, three weeks ago so a terrible defense for Green Bay just awful and that was the last 30 points the Carolina Panthers scored this year because they got shut out the next two games they couldn't score a single point against uh, against the Jaguars or the or the Buccaneers and now we can see why they didn't score against the Buccaneers but uh, it's beside the point but but anyway the terrible the good Packers allowed them to score 30 which I believe was the highest they'd scored all year so you've got a terrible Packer defense, and you have a quarterback in Jordan Love who is essentially a rookie. This is his first year starting. First year being a starting NFL quarterback. Now he's got to go on the road in an extremely hostile environment right. um, and beat a very seasoned Cowboys team with a lot of, lot of experience on that team. The Packers are actually the youngest football team by age, average age on the team, of any team in the in the National Football League by the age of their starters. They're the youngest. Wow. wow. And so this is a game that had the makings of an absolute rout by Dallas. And with six minutes left in the game, it was the score was Green Bay forty eight, Dallas sixteen. Not to mention the fact that Mike, this is Mike McCarthy coaching against his former franchise. There's a grudge there. He wants to beat Green Bay because, you know, I mean, I, w- I don't know all the details of how he, I believe he got fired. It's been, been, honestly been a while since that's happened. But, um, but I, I believe, say that again. Yeah, I believe so. I believe that. Yeah, so so you you playing his team that fired you, um, and, and to and to get beaten, just destroyed like that. Where Green Bay was just piled. They were still passing when they were ahead by, you know, twenty eight. They were ahead by four touchdowns. They're still passing the ball, scoring more touchdowns. Of course, the Cowboys got two trash time touchdowns late to make the score 
even a 16 point loss is, is humiliating, but uh, it could have been much worse. I have to say it was, um, all you cowboy fans, I feel for you get out now. That's my message to get out now. Come join the saints, come to the dark side, wear the fleur de lis, the black and gold and, 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 and join a franchise. Uh, we're not even in the playoffs this year. But honestly, I would rather not be in the playoffs than have what happened to the Cowboys happen happen to any any franchise I root for. It was it was unsightly. You can also you can come jump on the the, the pirate ship, <laughs> and that's still afloat because you know we got to go we got to go up the river a ways. <laughs> you can pile on while you while you want. I mean, we'll we will take you. You can put on the pewter and the red and, and the, the flags. You can say, boy, boy, mateys, and all that. Yes, we, can, we welcome you to the Buck Nation. So so not so fast, my friend, with the Saints talk, when we still have a relevant team that is a representation of the NFC South uh-huh. in the playoffs. You know, so. Hey. But, yeah, they're very shocked. Well said. And, and that's not the only one I was shocked by, uh, I was also shocked by what I've seen in Houston from the Houston Texans over the Cleveland yes. Browns and yes. C.J. Stroud cementing Rookie of the Year. I mean, if he didn't yes. already have it, it is cemented now. And, I mean, no, they, they can't take it from him. Uh, no. Just, I mean, what a great performance by their defense. Back-to-back pick sixes. My pick was wrong again. I picked the Browns and Joe Flacco. And it's just a lopsided uh, – you know, the game was over pretty much in the third quarter, you know, and, you know, they were, you know, had backups in and everything, just absolutely shocked by the outcome of the game. Not shocked that they won, but I'm shocked at how they won and convincingly, how convincingly it was. And I think that we're in for a heck of a matchup when we see the Texans play the Ravens with C.J. Stroud against Lamar Jackson. I think it's going to be an absolutely fantastic divisional playoff game. Absolutely, and so as cowboy as a cowboy fan, you've got to <laughs> going back to the Cowboys. You got to think you sit. You're having to sit here and listen to a Buccaneer fan, Tampa Bay Buccaneer fan, toot their horn on how they're still in the playoffs and still have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. You know, think think about how uh, you've got the Buccaneers, the Houston Texans, who apparently are the best team in Texas now, and and then you and, and I don't even want to say it, but for sure, I think, but the Detroit Lions are still in the playoffs, and all you had to do, all the Cowboys had to do was beat Green Bay at home. I mean, this is the type of pain inflicted on these poor souls. And so I, I totally agree with you, and I'm 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 shocked about the Houston. I, of course, I, I predicted Houston to win, but never did I think it was going to be a blowout. It was just a laugh. Kudos on that pick, though. Kudos on that pick, riding with the rookie. Uh, you know, in his first ever playoff game, and he did not look like a rookie. I can promise you that. Uh, you know, but as you know, you, you keep touting the Buccaneers fan. The Buccaneer fan in me wants to pick the Packers to beat the 49ers. Because if we are to go to Detroit and win and the Packers win, guess what? Big Mo, we host the NFC Championship game once again 
with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. And but I'm not gonna go out there and all crazy. We're gonna have to go to San Francisco because I am picking San Francisco to beat Green Bay. Yes. Yes. And uh, well, I mean, after Green Bay played the way they did, I'm, I wouldn't count them out. But uh, yeah, I would. I would obviously think San Francisco will handle business, especially after being given that wake up call that the Cowboys got for sure. Yes. And um, no. but no, I just want to talk about how historically, well, I mean, because you mentioned the Cowboys fans are talking about Super Bowl next year. Let's put this in perspective, okay? There are 16 teams in the NFC, 16 teams. Since the last time the Cowboys won the Super Bowl in 1995, the, uh, the Green Bay Packers, okay, the Green Bay Packers have been, who just beat them, have been to the NFC Championship game eight times. Eight times since the Cowboys. The Cowboys, since 1995, they have been to the NFC Championship zero times. Packers have been there eight times. The Philadelphia Eagles have been there seven times. The Chicago Bears have been there, yes, the Chicago Bears have been there three times. The Buccaneers have been there three times. There's only three teams. There's only three teams. Yes, and went to, and went to the Super Bowl, yes. And, and one, that's right. And uh, there's only three teams in the NFC who have not been to the NFC Championship within the past, since 1995, within the past uh, 28 years. 28 years, think about that. Wow. And... That is the Detroit Lions, the Washington Redskins slash football team slash commanders, whatever they're called nowadays, and the Dallas Cowboys. Those are the three. That's the entire list. Wow. So you're talking about, before you talk about Super Bowl, you got to one day make it to the NFC Championship game, which they still can't do. And by the way, that list could shrink because the Detroit Lions are one game away, one home win away from making it just the Cowboys and the, I guess, Commanders be the only two teams that haven't made it to the a single NFC championship game. And so there, there's, a, there's a problem with whatever you're doing as a coach or general manager when the Lions have caught up to you and are fixing to pass, pass you by uh, it, uh, you know, it's it's really shocking. So I just shake my head at it, and that's the, to me. It's what makes it even more shocking is how much, how badly they needed to win, how badly they needed to end that streak this year and make it to the NFC Championship game. And and if they would have won, if they would have won, guess what? The Cowboys are then playing. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah, the Cowboys would be playing the Buccaneers at home. The Cowboys would be playing the Buccaneers at home if they beat the Packers. They would only have to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home to make it to their first NFC Championship game in 28 years. But they squandered it. Yes. it it's Like I said, I, I'm not exaggerating when I say it was the most shocking 
playoff game that I've seen, I, that I can remember in my lifetime, the result of. Absolutely. And, and, you know, and, and while you're talking about shocking playoff games, before we get to our picks, would you like to talk about how some of the Miami Dolphins might still be in the frozen tundra of, of Arrowhead? Would, would you like to say, you know? Yes. Well, I, I when I saw what the temperature was going to be for that game, I was, I was kind of with you when you were talking about the Dolphins winning that game. But that was we made that prediction and, and aired that podcast before this storm broke out. And when I saw what there was gonna be negative four at game time, I, I said this Kansas City the whole way. Never probably not gonna be close and it wasn't. And it was because there's no nothing that can prepare the Dolphins. And in fact, you know, I look back the Dolphins in their history, I think they've only won one road playoff game since nineteen seventy two. There's some stats for you. They've won one playoff game in the road in the past 52 years. And that was a three-point win when Dan Marino was still the quarterback at Seattle. And Seattle never drops below freezing because they're right on the coast there. That's why they virtually never get snow. It's very rare. That's a big set. That's a big set. So the Dolphins, I mean – they're not going to, they just, they can't, they're not capable of going on the road in outdoor environment and win those types of games. So that's what I chalked that one up to. Um, still not that convinced that the Chiefs are for real, but I tell you what, we're fixing to find out in this Buffalo game, aren't we? Yes, we are. And, you know, the, you know as we predicted, Buffalo was not really tested by, by the Steelers. Uh, and, you know, if, if that, I mean, if that's where, that's where you'd like to start. I'm picking Buffalo to beat Kansas City uh, and, and move on. Okay. I'm picking Josh Allen and Buffalo uh, to move on. Uh, you know, to uh, to I guess so. I guess that would be the AFC Championship game. Well, I'm basically where I was last week. You know, I'm not pushing that hard against that pick, but I'm also saying, just like I did last week, it's hard to count out Kansas City in an elimination game. It's hard to count them out. Uh, man, Patrick Mahomes this, this past week, when he got part of his helmet blown off, he hit a linebacker head-on so hard that about a four-inch wide chunk of his hel- helmet on the front, right where his, his crown of his head is, or the, the, his forehead is, got blown off of his helmet. And he didn't even phase him, got back up, and was playing with the broken helmet until they stopped the game and made him change helmets. That's how badly he wanted to win that game, yeah. and so you, you got you can't you can't count that out at all. Um, it's going to be a heck of a game. It's going to be a heck of a game. I would lean toward the Bills. Yeah, it, it absolutely is going to be a, a great game. And uh, you know, I think several weeks ago I, I picked Buffalo to play San Francisco uh, in the Super Bowl, and so it'd be tough for me to go against Buffalo right now. Uh, and the other AFC matchup, uh, man, I want to ride with the rookie. But <laughs> as good as the Ravens have been playing, it's going to be very tough for anybody to to un to un uh, unhinge them right now. And uh, I've got to pull for Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. Hey, the Ravens have been playing good, but after what I just saw from the Dallas Cowboys playing at home against a team who you're basically taking for granted you're going to win this game because you're so much better than them and you've got home field advantage and this, that, and the other would not shock me at all 
would not shock me at all to see Houston go in there and beat the Baltimore Ravens. Would not shock me at all. In fact, it's something that in the past, the Ravens are kind of in the same spot as the Cowboys for the past six or seven years. They cannot get past those playoff games. They, they get upset in the playoffs. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I would kind of have to pick Houston here. I think it's going to be a good game. I, I'm not too confident in it, but uh, honestly, I, I think Houston having won that game in the fashion they did, you, that takes a lot of those nerves off of you. And so with the Ravens, now the Ravens are a really good team, yeah. but um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to, I kind of pull for the Ravens, you know, I've got some family members that yeah. do like the Ravens. But it's just something that tells me if things start going south for the Ravens, it could it could spiral like it did with Dallas. It could spiral. That's a very good point. And you know, it, uh, and as you know, to flip to the other side, as good as the Packers played, as good as the Packers played, uh, I, I'm going to have to ride with San Francisco at home uh, to to beat Green Bay and to uh, eventually host the uh, NFC Championship game yeah. in San Francisco. I have to agree with that. San Francisco is kind of a different animal than Dallas or Baltimore. They don't take any game for granted really ever, and they they just they go out and they, they're laser-focused and they execute in a way that's hard to beat. So um, I, I, I don't see San Francisco getting upset. And being the, and being the homer that I am uh, – I, I think Detroit's had a great year. You know, they, they've made some history, and now I think it's time for them to make their exit. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely picking Tampa Bay to go into Detroit, win the playoff game, and, you know, and then depends on what happens in San Francisco, either host the NFC Championship or go play San Francisco in it. But one way or the other, we will represent the NFC South once again in the NFC Championship game. You know, I, I I really have a lot of respect for Detroit, but um, yes, I do. I, I mean, I'm I'm going to just defer completely on that game. I mean, I, you know, I'm not the, the you you're the one who we have on the show to make the pick. So I'm I'm going to let you go with Tampa Bay. Um, I'm I'm going to be rooting for them. I, I I would not discount the Detroit Lions at all this year. And in my mind, honestly, in my mind, I'm just I close my eyes. And I see Tampa Bay lined up on that artificial turf in Detroit, and I don't see good things happening for the Buccaneers. I just, I don't. I don't. I've never seen Baker Mayfield and this Tampa Bay team. If you go back this season and you can tell me what game they played on turf, well, I guess they beat the they beat the Saints in the Superdome. Yes. So that's that's your that's your example right there. They might they might be a a turf playing team. I just historically, I have not seen the Buccaneers win games on turf. Yes, you know, and and, and you're, you're absolutely they beat right. the Vikings on turf, Jackson. And that, and you know, it, the turf does, you know, it does kind of tend to bother me. But knowing that we did go to the Superdome and, and win this year, uh, and, and you know, we we already beat a team that we owed. Philly gave us a really good whooping on Monday Night Football, and we came back and did the same to them. Well, Detroit beat us 20-6. to six. So, I think we, we have a little something to prove to Detroit, too, that we're better than 20-6. to six. 
So I hope that they have their chin straps buckled and everything. They got their shoes on tight because Sunday afternoon they're going to be in for a fight when Tampa comes into into to Ford Field in Detroit to hopefully once again go to the NFC Championship. The Buccaneers have won three consecutive games on the road, beat the Falcons on turf in a similar environment. Then they beat the Packers by two touchdowns on the road, who we now know is a very good Packers team, much yeah. better than people give them credit to. That was the Packers' last loss. And then they, they went on the road and shut out the Panthers. So yeah. these Buccaneers can travel. They can travel. What really bothers me, though, and again, I think they're a different team now, but they played the Lions at home. Yeah. They played the Lions at home this year. They got beat 20-6 to by the Lions yeah. back in mid-October. But that was before Todd Bowles got this defense. Like you said, it's all about the D when it comes to the Buccaneers. Yeah. Absolutely. Defense creates offense for them. Right. And so the, the time before, golf threw for 353 yards in Tampa, two touchdowns. If they can shut down golf like they shut down Hurts, we may have some some upset soup brewing <laughs> in, like in, in the Motor City. So, so just to run the picks back down for everybody, because obviously you don't want to go with me to your bed <laughs> because I haven't done very well. But I've got San Francisco over Green Bay, Tampa over Detroit, Baltimore over Houston, Buffalo over Kansas. That's it, That's it. Right, there. right there. And I and do want to give a shout out to those Lady Hogs. Lady Hogs on Sunday went, went into Alabama, Alabama, took care took of business. business. Uh, actually, actually running them out of the, the, the court, court by, uh, well, uh, well, they won by 18, so, so they play again on Thursday. Unfortunately, we dropped the home game against Mississippi State on last Thursday. So, so uh, uh, but overall, overall, good things from the Lady Hogs. Hogs. Well, I think that, that about wraps that it up, Jackson. Jackson. So, so wish, wish everybody, everybody a, a, good a good weekend, weekend and, and I hope you all stay, all stay safe, safe out there. Out there.